the most helpful thing for any sports person of any age, whether they're 15 or 25, whether they're playing for the local team or whether they're playing for their country, is if look, the most helpful thing for any sports person is to be a Christian. <laughs> if you're in a relationship with God, you realise that God loves you regardless of how well you go. Um, you realise that, that you're made for God. God is giving you sport to play, but it's not its not the most important thing in the world. It might be very important, but, but God and people are more important than, than, than sport. And many of the Christian sports people of a very high level I've spoken to, you know, are internationals and, and you know, good rugby players and things like that, they've said that by being a Christian, it helps them navigate the highs and the lows of sport. It helps them to deal with success better. It helps them to deal with injuries and disappointments uh, better. Well, welcome to the Christians in Sport podcast. Thanks to the wonders of technology. It's uh, about half 11 as I'm talking here in Cambridge and Stephen begins in Sydney at about half past eight in the evening. Uh, my morning coffee break, your bit of supper, Stephen. Your supper. Yeah, a cup, cup of tea in the evening. Perfect. See, perfect timing. Let me make sure I introduce you properly because uh, before I even say anything, this book, The Good Sporting Life, this book here, and let me read you the subtitle, Loving and Playing Sport as a Follower of Jesus, written by Stephen, which is why we want to interview him. Uh, I got the chance, the privilege of reading it before it uh, got published, and it is the best current opportunity. If you want to read about a, a good theology, a really good theological biblical foundation for thinking about the gospel and sport and you want that combined with real detailed application and practical application this is the book not a surprise because uh, Stephen's a former lawyer and journalist which would explain the book he's now a minister and a visiting lecturer at Sydney Missionary College uh, and of course now a writer um, Stephen you played first grade cricket. You can tell from the book, the feel of the book. You played 14 years first grade cricket uh, in Sydney, but you were in England for a year and you could have gone pro. Tell us a bit about being in England. Oh, well, yes. When I was about 20 years of age, I was at the stage of my cricket career where um, the possibility of going professional was a genuine chance. I mean, I'd always, like lots of Australian kids, I'd grown up playing cricket in the backyard, football in the backyard, that sort of stuff. When I got to the mid-teens, I suddenly started to improve quite dramatically and I made the um, New South Wales under-16s and under-19s and was playing with people like Stephen, Mark Waugh and Mark Taylor and other people who went on to become much more famous than I. And so I thought, well, look, I'd really like to give this cricket a go. Uh, so I trained hard. I played a season in the Middlesex League in London for a club team called Richmond, which was an absolutely wonderful experience. And, uh, you know, I was hoping to go professional. Uh, but unfortunately, um, a couple of, by the time a couple of years had passed through, I guess, a combination of injuries and perhaps a slight technical flaw in my bowling action, it didn't quite come to pass. I ended up playing uh, 14 years of first grade with and against some great players, almost got professional, but I guess not quite. Now, I know this is a weird thing to throw into the conversation, but, you know, sometimes I think if you've been in that position, you actually love sport more for the rest of your life than when you've been in the intense cauldron 
of huge professional pressure for 14 years. Uh, now, I think we might we can pick up on that concept, I think, a bit later when we discuss it, because you and I both work with professional sports people. And just to know, to be good enough to know that feeling and to play high without the, the, the draining public sphere that sport brings you is a big... No, comment on that now. I think that's quite a big deal, you see. Yeah, look, I think that's right. I mean, I, I wrote the book um, with, I guess, sports people of all levels in yeah. mind, right from this, the very humble weekend occasional player right through to the international. And I guess the experience of sport is very different for people at different levels. And so I guess the level I got to, which was, I guess, about as high as you can go without becoming professional, I was playing good sport against good people, but it was never my job. I never got to the point where my family depended on it. Um, I was in the local papers, but I wasn't in the international papers or anything like that. So I was just playing good sport against good people, I guess, without that added pressure of the financial strains, the, the career issues and those sorts of things. Mind you, if someone had said to me, would you like to go professional? I would have said, yes, count me in. I'm there for it. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And it's a big part. It's uh, crossing those boundaries of Christians in sports, Stephen. Uh, you've interviewed many Christians in sport types. Um, we'll get that because we'll focus on the competitive sportswoman or sportsman, highly competitive, but not their job, good at it, through to the elite sports person. And that'll be youngsters and adults. You, you have, obviously, because of that, that's going to be inevitable now, playing the cricket, playing soccer. Uh, you played into your 50s. Uh, great stuff. Athletics, just just do a couple more personal things because it's nice to get a feel of you uh, because we'd love people to read the book. Uh, you've kept going at a pretty high grade of, of athletics into your 50s. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, well, look, I guess... I played stacks of sport in my life. It was mainly cricket, which I took most seriously, but I played a lot of soccer or football um, for fun. It kept me fit. It was just great fun in winter, you know, nice sunny afternoon. The grass is green. The sky is clear. It was brilliant fun. But um, about seven or eight years ago, I got into master's athletics. Um, I'm, I'm a minister these days and I do some lecturing. I've got kids aged 12 and 11. I'm married and I get a day off a week. And if you've got a day off a week, you don't really want to steal most of it by playing cricket. Well, you might want to, but it's not the smartest thing in the world to do. Um, and I've done quite a bit of athletics back in high school. And uh, the good thing about athletics is you can train when you want. It does only takes a few hours rather than three quarters of a day. And so I started to get back into throwing the, um, the shot put discus and javelin, and I've been teaching myself to throw the hammer. And I've done master's athletics, and I've had some, you know, modest success with it, which is quite nice. So it's, I still have, I guess, a semi-serious hobby going in the sporting arena, which I can fit in with my current lifestyle. Absolutely terrific. And, and in that context then, why write the book? Now, it makes sense, but lot, there's a number of us who feel like you feel and play like you play. Uh, but most of us aren't journalists, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, and you've written the book. Why write the book now? Yeah, look... I guess um, I've played sport and watched sport and read about sport all my life. I love sport. I really love it. Uh, but I've been a Christian since early high school and I love God even more. And um, I guess for most of my life with sport, I've been trying to, I guess, integrate my Christian life and my sporting life and to put them together. I guess back when I was in high school, when I was a cricket nut, 
Um, I remember sitting in a school assembly one day when I should have been listening to something else, but I was thinking, you know, if God wanted me to give up cricket, would I do it? And now that's probably a pretty easy answer for most people to, or pretty easy question for most people to answer, but for me it was a real crunch one. And I I mean, I don't know how God would have told me to give up cricket, but um, if he had, I, I think I would have said, yes, I would, but I wouldn't, in, I wouldn't want to, but I would. So I guess, you know, what's first, God or sport for me? Um, but over the years, I think I've noticed that for many, many Christians are very keen sports watchers, sports players, you know, coaches, parents of kids who play sport. But I've noticed that for some people, like their Christian life is here and their sporting life is over here and there's not much, you know, interaction. Uh, I was speaking to one uh, gentleman actually from England who's um, a fine Christian man and he was telling me that when he was younger, his Christian life and his sport life didn't go together at all. It was Sport was like something he did in his time off from being a Christian. Um, it was nice that God let him play sport on the side. He couldn't integrate them or he didn't integrate them. I mean, he does now and he's now involved in sports ministry. But I guess what I wanted to do with the book was to help Christians to see how sport can be part of their Christian life. Uh, they'll enjoy sport more that way, I believe, but also that way sport can be a plus, not a minus for their spiritual lives and sport can be a plus, not a minus for the kingdom of God. And so I was really keen to help people think through those sorts of things, you know, I guess in a biblical, a practical and an interesting sort of way. Let's pick up then on what you've just called the pluses and the minuses. Uh, there are plenty discussed in the book, and so we couldn't cover the whole range here. I'm going to read a list of some of the things that we've captured between us as pluses. So just in case we don't get to them, the joy of sport, friendships, opportunities to share your Christian faith, to meet other Christians actually as well significant things, character development, health, physical health. If you were to pinpoint, all are covered in the book, if you were to pinpoint one or two of them now that you think, you know, in my own experience and in those I've talked to, here's a couple of substantial benefits to, to Christianity and sport in this combination. What would they be? Uh, look, I could talk about all of them, but I won't. I guess one thing which is perhaps worth saying is that I think it's good. I mean, sport, I believe, has intrinsic merit. It's good in and of itself. Um, you know, God gave us creativity to create culture, to create architecture, to create music, to create sport. And I think by uh, playing and participating in sport and enjoying it, we're enjoying something good, which is God has actually given for us. And I think God wants us to enjoy sport. You know, the thrill of, you know, a cover drive or a half falling a shot into the top corner of the net or, you know, hooping a ball from, you know, miles out in a basketball court. I mean, it, it, it's fun. It's, it's physical. It, it's just great to be part of. So I think one of the things we want to do is not think that sport has got nothing to do with God. Sport is something we can thank God for and try and, I guess, glorify him for the way we participate, through, you know, doing our best, enjoying it, playing in a good, you know, with a good attitude, that sort of thing. So one thing I would like to highlight is that sport is just good in and of itself. It's something which we can thank God for. It's good for rest. It's good for fun. You know, we all know that. We've all experienced that if we've played sport, I, I trust. But I guess um, one of the other many great things about sport is the relationships uh, you can build through sport. And so some of my best friends in life I've made through sport. There are people I played cricket and soccer with, you know, 30 years ago 
who I still consider some of my better friends. I'm still in contact with, I, I, I keep, I touch base with them. Uh, and you know, there's something about, I think, striving against someone in sport, suffering and striving together with people in your own team, it really brings you very close. And so you can form great friendships. And then I guess if you're friends with all your sporting mates or friends, if they're Christians, you've got the opportunity also to encourage them in their faith. And if they're not believers, you've got the opportunity to, I guess, be a, a witness for Christ, to be a, a representative for Christ, uh, to talk to people as the opportunity arises. And I think the opportunities to, I guess, witness to our faith, uh, but also to encourage the other believers are, are great chances which sport can give us. And I can think of, I've had many examples myself and I talk to many people who have great examples of both of those as well, as I'm sure you could tell yourself, uh, Graham. Uh, I like the order and I like the way you do it in the book, Stephen. I, I like the order in which you've articulated that, the intrinsic value of sport. Forgive me for repeating it, but I find it attractive. The intrinsic value of sport, the gift from God, that's the integration. And the talent is a physical and, and partly psychological aspect of our being. But I, I found over the years, and, and this comes across very nicely in the way you write, Stephen Liggins isn't going to the cricket club to try and take God to people. He is that cricketer. That's who he is. He's made to be that man. He lives and breathes that world with his colleagues. Some will be Christian, some won't. But your witness is innate. It's part of the whole thing. And I think sometimes, even if people are listening to us now trying to work out their own child uh, who's a Christian and very sporty and they're not, I think somewhere in here is capturing the how that child was made. Now, I know I wouldn't mind picking up on this a little bit. Now, you talk to parents uh, yep. you've at the back of the book. You talk to a range of people, uh, coaches, parents, for example, players, uh, clergy. Uh, how do you advise parents who don't get this? How do you coach them in that for the sake of their child who's very sporty, for example? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, parents clearly have a really big role to play in their kids' lives and if sport is part of it, particularly in their sport. Um, I guess I don't know whether this is directly answering your question, Graeme, so come back at me if I'm not, yeah. but yeah. I think one of the important things for parents is to, I guess, you want to love your kids. Uh, sport gives you a great chance to spend time with your kids and also to spend time with your kids' mates, and I think most parents would recognise that. I think uh, all parents should recognise that they want to say to their kids, look, I, I love you, regardless of how well you go in sport. If you're a Christian parent of a, of, a, of a Christian kid, you want to say, look, God loves you, regardless of how well you go in your sport. Um, if you're not a Christian parent, I guess that wouldn't be something rather which would occur to you to say. Um, but, you know, and I guess what Christian parents want to do or what parents want to do is to, I guess, instill in their kids the values which they think are important. So if we're a Christian parent, I want my kids to think, hey, it's fun playing sport. God gave us sport. Thank God for it, kids, you know. Um, hey, you know, uh, it's good to be an example of a Christian wherever we are. You know, why don't you encourage those Christian friends of yours? And those who aren't Christians, why don't you invite them to a youth group or if, if they're interested in coming, you know. And another thing which I think is really important for parents, and I don't know what the scene is, over there in England at the moment, but it's probably the same as here, 
is that I think parents have a great role to play in encouraging kids to play with good sportsmanship uh, mm. as well. Um, you know, I think some people in Australia a few years ago were getting a bit weary with some of our great athletes, and they are great athletes, playing in a way which I found slightly embarrassing in terms of it's great to be hyper-competitive. I'm all for that, but nasty? You know, you, you want to be competitive but not nasty, I think. Um, and so I think you can say to your kids, you know, try hard but remember to, you know, be a good sport and that sort of thing. And I think whatever you, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian parent, I think most parents recognise the value of instilling good sportsmanship in kids. I mean, historically that's one of the reasons parents have usually got their kids to play sport. They think sport, good for their character development, good for their health. Um, so I guess you want to try and make sure that's actually being achieved. Well, let's flip that then. Again, I'm trying to pick out key themes that underpin the narrative where so many practical examples underpinned by the theology. You know, many people listening to us will have experienced this or been asked about it. Good. So you're saying God made the ability to play. He gave you relationships which can be really really enriching but and there's always the but right the but is people will say the thing is she takes sports so seriously she gets so angry she gets so sad when she loses i mean it brings out the best in her sometimes but it brings out the worst in her shouldn't she stop playing now that's a pretty blunt question that we're asked often by Christian parents, how do you deal with that? You deal with it in the book. How do you deal with it? Tell us how yeah, you deal look, with that challenge. The, the most helpful thing for any sports person of any age, whether they're 15 or 25, whether they're playing for the local team or whether they're playing for their country, is if, look, the most helpful thing for any sports person is to be a Christian. <laughs> if you're in a relationship with God, you realise that God loves you regardless of how well you go, um, you realise that that you're made for God. God has given you sport to play, but it's not it's not the most important thing in the world. It might be very important, but but God and people are more important than, than, than sport. And many of the Christian sports people of a very high level I've spoken to, you know, uh, internationals and and you know good rugby players and things like that. They've said that by being a Christian, it helps them navigate the highs and the lows of sport. It helps them to deal with success better. It helps them to deal with injuries and disappointments uh, better. And really the best thing that a teenager who's really into sport can do really is to be a Christian because that will help them to, I guess, to navigate the highs and lows, the ups and downs, to keep the ups in perspective, to keep the lows in perspective and um, realise that it's an important thing but it's not um, the most important thing. There's a, um, a very good female long-distance runner in Australia called um, Eloise Wellings, who's been to a number of Olympic Games, and she was actually picked for the Sydney Olympics when she was 16 years old, you know, really very young. She's a bit of a prodigy. And then just before the Olympics, she got, I think it was a hip injury, had to pull out, and she was understandably devastated. But the interesting thing is that some friends of hers from school um, said, oh, look, Eloise, who wasn't a Christian at the time, look, we're praying for you, um, you know. And Eloise ended up, I think, going along to their church, becoming a Christian. And her career since then has been dogged by injuries. I think she's had, I don't know, 10 or 11 major injuries in between all her international success. But she said that, you know, God's actually taught her stuff through the downs and the injuries and the things like that. 
And it seems to me that for her, that her faith has helped her to navigate the ups and downs really well. In fact, she became a Christian, it seems, partially through one of those injuries. Mm. You deal very well with this question uh, and uh, the concept of idolatry is almost the nemesis of, of dealing with some of these issues, isn't it? If you're if you're a passionate sportswoman at the highest level, like Eloise, or like many of us in competitive sport, you're you're passionate about it. You love your team, but you're so captured by your own vanity because you've always been the best kid at this sport at school and so on. That what I've really enjoyed. It, forgive me for putting it in a sort of religious way, but that sport is a school of discipleship. You actually learn to fight your idols. And I find that thrilling at 58 years of age, part of a professional football club. I'm fighting my idolatry all the time. When I won as an eight-year-old, I was top boy in the class and all that stuff. At 58 years of age, if my team loses, I feel like the worst kid in the, in the class. And that idolatry is powerful. And, and to fight that through together as Christian sports people in local churches is the most exhilarating possibility, isn't it? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most helpful things for Christian sports people uh, is to, well, the key thing is to keep close to God. So you want to be reflecting on Scripture and praying. But one of the most helpful things which God gives us is fellowship with other Christians. And if we're in consistent fellowship in the way you've described, our Christian brothers and sisters can keep us, I guess, can rejoice with us when we rejoice, weep with us when we weep, but to help us to see that the main game, which is God, stays the main game, that we can really strive at sport, but, you know, God is still our number one. And I guess the danger is for sports players, but also sports fans. I think this is a real big one for keen, you know, mad football supporters in particular and all around the world, is that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to support a team, but it's not the most important thing in the world. Uh, and if you put sport number one, you've got, your emotions are going to be all over the shop with the fortunes of your team. But if you have got above your sport, it, it tempers it and it's actually putting things in perspective. But I guess it, it, is a, it can be a challenge because, um, you know, we're very invested in sport even without realising it, I guess our self-identity uh, can get sometimes a bit caught up in our sport and our sporting success. Uh, just on that last point there, Graham, if I may, that I sort of thought I was going to become a professional cricketer for quite a few years. Mm. And then when I didn't, I mean, I'd always been a Christian and God was more important, but when I realised I wasn't going to make it, I wasn't going to become a household name, I actually found that quite a difficult adjustment. Because I guess in the back of my mind, a lot of my identity had been caught up with the fact that I am good at mm. cricket. Mm. And then suddenly I realised I was good, but I wasn't that good. Um, and that was quite a big adjustment to make. So when you're heavily invested, it, it is, I guess, one of your um, areas you've got to keep an eye on. And, um, you know, that, yeah, I guess you've got to keep it in perspective and keep close to God and he'll help you navigate those highs and lows. The reason I was nodding was that... I think the book's worth reading just for the way you talk about that, actually. The way you actually describe what you've just articulated is is priceless for a young man or a young woman who's very good. Mm. But sport is littered 
with a loss of love for the game and sometimes a loss of love for God if you're a Christian as a young person when you realize that you're not quite as good as you thought you were and the deep disappointment that comes from it really requires navigating. And, and that yeah. section very early on where you talk like that is very helpful. Can I, uh, can I say? I like, yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, say, I actually think we enjoy sport more by putting God first. Hmm. Because when we keep sport, I guess, in that perspective, it's a lot more satisfying and fun and our identity isn't invested in it. And so we enjoy it more. Whereas if we put, if we try and make sport God, which it's not supposed to be, it's a lousy God. And, you know, the, the world is littered with sports people who've, you know, <laughs> been disillusioned for all sorts of reasons. Uh, yeah, if you want to enjoy sport more, I'd say become a Christian. We'll, we'll start to draw in, Stephen. You've got my mind racing, as you can see. I'm sort of looking up at the sky thinking that's really interesting. <laughs> what should I talk about? Because it, we've got, you watch the clock, don't you? Uh, let's talk about the local church in this context then, local churches. You're a church minister. I am in, a, in different ways, uh, probably parallel each other with the sport and the, and the jobs we've done and so on and our passion for sport in the context of the Christian gospel. The history of the church and its engagement with sport is well documented and it can be it's touched on by you and it can be read elsewhere as you as you sit in this interview today how how should a good local church look at the men and women girls and boys in its congregation initially let's go there and deal with so many of the things that you've articulated well in a few minutes here what's the best approach to the local church Look, one thing I would love to think is that uh, the local church is helping Christians in their church deal Christianly with all areas of their life. You want to think about your family Christianly and what the Bible has to say. You want to think about your work Christianly. You want to think about your your reading and your music Christianly. You want to think about your sport Christianly. So I think one of the most helpful things a church can do is to help them see how the Bible's teaching impacts on their involvement with all areas of life, including sport. And I would suggest it's probably a good topic for a seminar each year or, or something mm. like that, or they could direct them towards my book. But I guess um, you want people to see that all the sorts of things which my book talks about, you know, look, if you're playing sport and you like it, great, thank God for it. You know, it's a gift from God. If you're playing sport, great place to have friends. You know, if you're playing sport in a church team, Make a point of encouraging your Christian brothers and sisters on the court. You know, don't discourage them. If you're playing in a team with, with lots of non-believers, remember you're an ambassador for Christ. How can you be a better ambassador for Christ where you are? Uh, and so all those sorts of things I've been wanting to, I guess, I want people to think about sport as part of their Christian life. And so as a church minister, I'd be wanting to do that. Um, sometimes uh, churches can actually, you know, use sport for reasons of, I guess, just general fellowship. You know, you mm-hmm. here in, in Australia, often you'll get the church together and, watch one of the big rugby league games yeah, on, a, on a big yeah. green at the church or, or a big football game or something like that. Um, you've got church sporting teams, which are fun, and you can even engage in sports ministries of various sorts, putting on, you know, sports camps and, and, and those sorts of things. So there's really a whole world of opportunities for the, for the church. And I guess what you want to do is to use sport as a plus, not a minus, something we can thank God for, which is a blessing, and not to see it as a, um, you know, an enemy or as irrelevant or anything like that. Mm. 
let, let's let's just draw in then on perhaps a more tricky question along those lines. Let's narrow this down as a church minister yourself then with the conflict that goes on now. We're asked this all the time. I have no doubt you are with the conflict that goes on in the last 25 years in Western culture with Sunday sport non-existent here until the 80s. Um, wouldn't mind five pounds for every time I've been asked the question, what do we do about church? With, specifically mm. with our very, very good sporty kid. Yeah. I know what I think? <laughs> Well, we both know there's not a simple answer to this. We believe in the yeah. local church. We believe that God gave the gift of sport. We both know it's complex. But where do you go with this, Stephen, when you try and give advice because people crave advice on this? Well, I, I actually write, I think, a few pages about that in the book, which summarises my thinking. But I guess, look, what, what's the most important thing? It's your relationship with God. God says that Christian fellowship is really important, okay? So we know that. Sport, we know, is a good gift from God, uh, which we can really enjoy. And there are so many good things which can be achieved through sport. And, and really one of the best things, one of the many instrumental benefits of sport is that Christians can be out enjoying the company of non-Christians and if the non-Christians are interested in the gospel, they're probably more likely to talk to their sporting friends who are Christians than to rock up at some church or speak to some, you know, minister or anything like that. So, you know, wonderful opportunities. When the sport clashes with with uh, Sunday church, I guess it's really an individual, you've got to look at it individually. Um, the most important thing for that young, keen sports person who has sport on, say, Sunday mornings is their relationship with God. But, for instance, when I was playing cricket at a good level, my dad said, right, um, you can play sport on Sunday mornings, but I'm going to take you to church with me on Sunday nights. So, right, go to Sunday night. You can do that. And for most of my sporting career when I was playing sport on Sunday, I used to go to night church. Uh, so there wasn't really the clash. So there are often creative ways to get around the issue. So if I was a parent and my son or daughter was really talented at a sport, which involves some Sunday morning play, um, I'd think, okay, if we think this is a good direction for my son or daughter to head in, um, how are they going to get their fellowship? Okay, I'm going to put myself out and I'm going to take them to church at night. Or some churches have services on Saturdays or things like that. You know, I'd, I'd find an alternative. If their sport was that important, I'd find an alternative. Um, I think one of your colleagues, um, Graham, was saying that when she was playing Sunday sport, um, her parents organised a midweek youth group at their church, which she went along to and got her fellowship there for a year or two. Um, so I think there are creative ways of if you really want to pursue sport that you can while still getting your Christian fellowship. And I think the important thing, I guess, for a minister to do is to try and be flexible and creative. And the important thing for a parent or a kid to do is to think, right, I want to put God first in my life uh, or my son, you know, help my son and daughter to say that, but how can we do that while still pursuing the sport? And you want Christians in every area of life, you know, <laughs> including sport. So I think that in most cases, there's usually a, a good way forward. I want to do anything. Yeah, it, it helps enormously because it summarizes, it summarizes what I think about the book and what I said at the beginning about the book. Uh, the Christians in sport were extremely fallible, but we have a passion uh, that the gospel is proclaimed clearly and truly in it. In its historical evangelical fashion, we, we want to do that and we want to be all in for sport as well. And therefore, there are no simplistic answers to some of the dilemmas of idolatry, 
or corporate worship and a range of other things. You capture them in the book and you combine the pragmatism and practice with a serious theological approach. Mm. The Good Sporting Life, Loving and Playing Sport as a Follower of Jesus by Stephen Liggins. Our great partners and friends, 10ofthose.com, will sell you this immediately. Uh, look out for our social media, uh, all across the Christians in Sports social media. We'll be pointing you towards the book. Stephen, absolutely terrific to have your company and a bit of insight uh, that underpins the book. And we wish you well, and we hope many, many people get to read it and learn from it. Thank you, Stephen. Well, thank you. I hope people find the book helpful, and it's lovely to talk to you as well.